everybody. The Con Artist here. We're back for another bi-weekly podcast. So we're going to be talking about uh, all the shows that we're following again. So let's see what's happening. Yeah. Um, one of the shows that uh, Sue actually had recommended to me through Brendan uh, was a Girlish Number. And wow, this show surprised me. I had no idea it was going to be as fun as it is. I am, I am just... I am bathing in schadenfreude when I watch it. See, I, I mean, shouldn't say got, like, I told expansion. you so, but I'm, I told you so. <laughs> so you've got, like, expansion and people following stuff. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I dropped that one at the very end last time and told you that, like, all these girls are basically your spirit animal. I was, I was kind of <laughs> wrong because, really, Gojo-kun, who oh. I think is, like, the lead character's brother, is more your spirit animal. Uh, he's, like, her manager. It's unconfirmed whether they're actually related. The way that they act around each other, I wouldn't be surprised, but I need to go back over it to see. She calls him Onichan that one time, but I think she's just trying to make a joke. Maybe. But, yeah, basic, basic premise of that, you know, we're still dealing with a bunch of... Uh, voice actresses including uh just jose this one girl who is she is just the worst person she's <laughs> terrible she's not actually that bad if you watch for episode three like she doesn't have the best personality she's clearly super full of herself mm. but i think the fun part about the show is that like nobody's really a good person <laughs> Everyone, i think one of my favorites yeah. was in uh was it it was this last last episode in three. She's talking to the one girl who's just super uptight and barely ever talks, like Shibasaki or something. The she's like, so how often do you uh you know drink just to, like make conversation? And she's like, not very often, just to be social. And when I have a bad day, and when and I have a good when day, something <laughs> good happens. You're just like, so she walks off and she tells me, like, so you just drink all the time then? Is that what you're saying? Like, <laughs> it's. They're all secretly kind of bad people in their own way, but they're not, I guess they're not super terrible. No, they're, they're still fun to watch. And, you know, watching her, especially around episode three, kind of get her comeuppance when she realizes, oh, I, I can't just coast through this. When she finally realizes that and, you know, has this turnaround moment. Yeah, I wouldn't call it realistic, but it's fun to watch. And, you know, it's nice to see that there's at least a little bit of character development going on under the hood. Yeah, I think for me, it's some. It, it is a great watch, but some of it's a really tough watch. I mean, because we are such anime fans, it, watching it is is hard sometimes. Because you got that the the moments where they're all drinking and they're like, "Yeah, this is totally gonna work out." And it's clearly not working, and you're like, "This is exactly how anime is made." This is oh, exactly those are my favorite moments. A bunch of yeah. delusional guys just go out drinking all the time, and they adapt some light novel randomly, pick a girl out of a hat. Or six girls out of a hat in this case, and they're like, "Yeah, this is totally gonna make us money." Yeah, but oh my gosh! And then the poor author of the light novel is just sitting there, like hating his life. He's like, "This doesn't really sound like what I wanted the character." Th uh, this doesn't, and they're like, "That's great! It's working out." Drinking, drinking, and you're like, "This, this is how anime is made. This is how horrible things happen." I know, and again, it's it's vindicating to me. There's especially. Brenda, do you remember the name of their producer? No. Kazu or something? His name actually... Kuzu, because his Kuzu. name means trash. Yes. He is, as I have dubbed him, the Prince of Lies. Everything about him is a lie. Everything he does, everything he says, he is lying to somebody, and it is it is delightful. I'm just waiting for this house of cards to come crashing down. 
but uh yeah fun show lots of uh you know Sounds some, like new, some cool character stuff and plenty of laughs to be had so before i gush over that any further um sue what else have you been following besides girlish number Excuse you, there's only one show that means everything. Oh. That show Ba-ba-bum. is Yuri on Ice. Da-da-da! The only show worthy. Okay, so actually, Yuri on Ice has been, it's been pretty good. Some of it's been a little disappointing. Um, I think I, I talked so much in the last podcast about how good the show was at, at portraying the human body while it was figure skating. That's really broken down oh. a little bit, um, especially Russian Yuri. Uh, who has the the cute little nickname Yurio, because when he goes to Japan, they're like, there can't be two Yuris. You're just going to be Yurio. And he's like, no, I'm not. And you're like, you definitely are. The show has just accepted him as Yurio. Your name is Midboss now. Yeah, your name is Midboss right now. So Yurio, uh, he he has to figure skate, and his his figure skating is not looking so good. I mean, he's a pretty thin character to begin with, because he's like 12 or 13 or something, so his body is not fully developed, but just... Some of the the shots of him figure skating, I was like cringing because it it looks so bad, and I was just Aww. like, oh, "Come on, guys!" So that was that was bad. However, uh, episode. So you, so you three mean and the, four, you mean the quality of the animation is bad, or he yes, looks like the he's quality of the animation okay. is bad. No, he okay. he himself is actually very skilled figure skating wise. Um, hmm. But three and four did some really neat stuff. Uh, obviously, the show, like I like I said in the last cast, has a lot of that effeminate nature to it to give you that that sort of gay sports anime experience that's super popular nowadays Um, but what's neat is that when we last left off in one and two there was a battle over victor uh they they both want him to be the their coach and he he can't coach both of them because yurio can't stay here in japan so he's like victor come back to russia with me and victor's like you know what we're gonna have a skate off (laughs) that's how i'm gonna decide who I'm going to coach because that sounds like fun. So he makes them skate to music that is completely opposite of their personality. So Yurio gets uh, what's known as Innocent Love. So Agape, Innocent Love is the song that represents that. And then Yuri, Japanese Yuri, gets um, Eros, which means sexual love. So they're forced to, to, to skate to these songs. And uh, so one of the neat things was they incorporate so much ballet now for three and four. I don't think I realized how much ballet features into figure skating like both these boys they they have to take ballet class or they they go through ballet lessons pretty hardcore in order to to get nail some of the moves they're trying to make so that was an interesting connection uh but most importantly they had to connect emotionally with the song uh so it was neat to see them have to explore that emotional side of themselves and yurio is he's just a very harsh personality and and he he pulls from this experience with his grandfather in russia to pull out like innocent love or uh, endless love is what he pulls out and he really kind of softens as a person for a few minutes whereas yuri good gracious he's like well i've never had a sexual experience so i need to figure out something i love something i love with all of myself please tell me it's i love it's pork cutlet bowl oh god (laughs) so first of all i want all you guys to go out and try and pick up a lady by telling her that she is the finest pork cutlet bowl you have ever seen i want to hear about all these stories about how you guys got smacked i mean Uh. it'll totally work yeah it'll totally work so he's like pork cutlet bowl and so he gets on the the stage and he's just like i he looks at victor and he's like i am going to become the tastiest pork cutlet bowl look at me and only me and i was just like i can hear 
every fangirl across <laughs> the universe screaming at the same time right now right now but it's it's a really amazing performance actually that one is animated nicely it comes out nice it they they did a really good job with that so it was a dramatic moment it looked cool uh, i got to learn a lot about how ballet ties into figure skating it was it was neat and the show is still continuing to balance like figure skating and learning about figure skating with uh the the fujoshi part so i'm still getting what i want out of it and it's it's still the best so it's got a leg up on uh amanchu then hooray it certainly does a ballet perfect leg up (laughs) and on scorching ping pong girls please tell me somebody (laughs) caught on fire Uh, i'm gonna ask this every bi-weekly thing (laughs) someday you're gonna say yes to me (laughs) oh man um, the thing about Scorching Ping Pong Girls is, uh, anime is a lot like a casserole. Uh, where's <laughs> like this going? <laughs> you got your, your big pan of casserole that's your anime, and you, you know, you take, uh, every, every week, like, you scoop out a big old uh, blob of it and dig in, and usually you can, you can tell how the casserole is going to go, but... I feel I don't know if it's happening more often in anime now or if I'm just noticing it more, but it seems like there's a lot of shows where the quality is really uneven. Like I could be chewing on some delicious ping pong, like uh, you, and then there's yeah the next bite's just gonna be ridiculous moe nonsense. Like you never know whether you're gonna get a girl rediscovering her love of sport or a girl discovering that her classmate can tell by analyzing your ping pong paddle what kind of panties you wear. What? (laughs) Which we wouldn't have figured out if not for the even creepier fact that she regularly addresses people in this fashion. Brendan, were you, like, attacked by a casserole as a child? Is that what I'm getting from this? I'm just saying some casseroles are good, Dan. The ping pong is good. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the personal drama that Akari goes through in the first arc is good. Everything else is junk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you're saying is so the cheese is largely burned on this casserole. I was going to say the ingredients are good, and then someone didn't bake the casserole. They just Better put it just in the oven meal. and took it out, and we're like, well, I got to serve this now. Here you go. <laughs> oh, man, if you ignore this part, everything about this is great. But you can't yeah, ignore I that mean, part. That's the that's... whole casserole. Well, I mean, there's different, you know, it's a, it's a, um, it's a spectrum. Mm. I mean, we're watching, uh, Izetta for the, um, for the rolling review and like our teeth just went crunch in episode four. Ooh, yeah. Good point. That's true. And the rest of that casserole has been very good. Mm. Yeah. We'll see how that, uh, lines up. Uh, Scott, I think you're next. Sure, I'll tell you about uh, Go for the Gundams. So, let's see. Uh, I mean, actually, there's a lot of really good action in the latest uh, sort of installment of Gundam. They've been fighting a group of space pirates. Uh, and, like, a group of space pirates that's far and away, uh, like, one of the largest in the sector. So but they are they bodacious on... space pirates? I am, a, from what a little I've seen of that show, uh, no, they are they are not bodacious. They are, oh. they're just angry. <laughs> okay. 
like a little arrogant, but uh, I don't know, it was it was it was good good action sequences. Like there's they're sort of outnumbered, and there's really complicated political stuff going on. Like so, Gallarhorn, which is sort of like the the Earth sort of space navy, I guess they're the guys in charge basically. Uh, there's a lot of factions in it. It's so, like one of these factions is kind of allying with these guys, which is a big deal because last season they were kind of fighting them a lot uh, to go take out this pirate guy. And then like another group of them shows up and tries to steal the credit. So they have to continually fight the pirates while trying not to make enemies of larger Gallarhorn by fighting these other guys. But, you know, the, the, the guys who just showed up to the fight don't really have that uh, restriction on what they're doing so it makes things very complicated so it's pretty pretty interesting to watch hmm. fascinating um, yeah there's a lot of characters manipulating stuff there's new characters like there's new definitely new challenges for all of the characters showing up so it's good uh and then there's uh some of the characters from the first show like uh, kudelia who's sort of this rich aristocrat girl who's kind of a like the face of the revolution against the unfair practices of earth on mars is actually kind of getting more of a backseat role right now. Like, she is important, but they're largely just protecting her from these pirates, so I'm interested to see how they're going to get her back into the limelight. Uh, so, But overall, interesting stuff and excellent fights, so Gundam continues to be strong. Uh, what else you guys got? That's pretty amazing, because I don't think there's been a, a two-parter Gundam series that's been good in, in quite a while, actually. Hmm. Not I, really, uh, so you haven't paid uh, that well, close attention to it, so I, I'm, I know I'm proud Seed... to say, happy to say. Seed was pretty good, but uh, it has the running gag of Jesus Yamato in it. Because yeah. uh, the, the lead character, Kira Yamato, is so good at everything, it's just almost nauseating to watch. So uh, like Tenshi Muyo War on Geminar syndrome? Yes, like Tenshi Muyo War on Geminar. And uh, Gundam Seed Destiny was awful. And uh, I, I haven't heard much about Gundam Double O aside from how shiny it was, but I don't think it was all that great. I saw a little of it uh, after the first couple of episodes. I really didn't care for it, but, you know, that sort of just kind of fell apart on its own. It wasn't necessarily the show's fault. I don't know. Just sort of, yeah, kind of fell off for a while, so maybe this is the one to get back into. I don't know. Yep. I mean, I'm liking it so far. I don't know how it compares with Seed or Destiny. No, I've heard many o. good things about it, not just not just from you, too. So. Okay, that's good. Speaking of disaster... Oh. Or not disaster. Hey Dan, why don't you talk about Blood of Wars? Oh, what what to say about friggin' Blood of Wars? I mean, it it's it is sublime trash. It's it's perfect in some ways. The animation quality is garbage, the uh the acting is terrible, the plot makes no sense. Why they even include vampires at all is beyond me, except for the fact that apparently some of those vampires are also hemomancers which in this case translates to uh, X-Men. Awesome. <laughs> and yeah, it's like one, like one guy has like telekinesis. He can basically like just throw whole bunches of objects, basically like picture shipping container sized uh, cell blocks. He can just make a wall out of these things and just hold it there against a horde of monsters. Another guy is like, as far as I can tell, he is just physically perfect. He's an assassin who fights in a belly shirt. And this is one of the reasons that I think that the show escaped from the 90s, because I am having some serious virus buster surge flashbacks. I was going to ask you if there was a virus buster surge angle here. All right. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah, so you've got. That. Is there a guy named like Lizard Brain or whatever the guy's name was? The be- oh. the the last fight of the whole show better have like one guy out edging <laughs> another guy by bleeding through his eye because I mean it's Blood of Wars, man. There needs to be some eye I, bleeding happening. I'm honestly surprised that hasn't happened yet. But um, <laughs> but the thing is, the another guy, his ability is falling. He can fall in any direction within ten meters of himself because he can create a tiny gravity well over there. And all he does with it is jump really fast. That's kind of so... cool. Dan, I know you never like went through stuff in the 90s, but there was this show called Kablam. Okay. And it had this, this group of people called Action League Now. And they were just, Action League Now, yes. yes. And there was just these figures. The power to melt. Yeah, they had like the dumbest power ever. So there was Stinky Diver. <sighs> there was... Uh, Thunder Girl, there was the Flesh, Ugh. and then there was Melt Man, and they Melt all just Man. had like the dumbest, you know, superpowers ever. Like I said, but that this is what you're reminding me <laughs> of. You're just like, and then he had the power to fall. I mean, like Fall Man. I mean, I'm deliberately <laughs> making light of it, but that is how he describes it. The thing is, is that at no point prior to this did he even seem to know he had these powers, and when it happened, it seemed like as much a surprise to him as everybody else in the room. But then he acts the next episode as if he's always been able to do this and he knows exactly how it works. Does anything else fall into these gravity wells or is it just him? I think he can like carry people and things with him, but that's it's fairly ill-defined at this stage. He hasn't really used it much. I mean, was there like a time skip between the episodes? No, there isn't a time sk- there isn't a time skip, but we're getting copious backstory which isn't explaining anything. It's like, how is, how is a child of a vampire and a human supposed to somehow create peace between them? How is there not peace between them? The vampires are such a minority that unless one goes kill crazy, they pretty much just live in the middle of society and nobody seems to mind. But now we've trapped ourselves in this, like, prison complex thing, so there's no idea what the outside world is like. You spend all this time trying to build up a world only to now have it take place in a single warehouse. Ow. Dan, I've decided that when you refer to this show, we need to just call it Blood of Wars Now in honor of Action League Now. And you need to continuously come up with, like, two-part adjectives to describe this show. You've already wasted sublime trash. Keep track. Okay, I will. I'm going to make you use some sort of two-part adjective every time. I'll have to talk to my buddy Matt. He's usually really good at this kind of stuff. All right, I will, I will bear that in mind. But before we go down that rabbit hole even further, um, yeah, who else is watching uh, anything extra? Sue, I think uh, you're next in the rotation. Well, I'm, I get to talk about something good after the Hemomancer. Hey, Hemomancers sound cool. Like, that casserole is hella burned. I don't even want to know what Dan's eating over there. Ugh. So, um, no, my other show that I mentioned from last time was March Comes In Like a Lion. And this, this is going to be pretty funny because in the, the first cast i was talking about how it's, it's got all this dark imagery and this lead character is uh he's just really down and like that all gets thrown out the window in episodes two and three mm-hmm. i felt so silly it, it goes full-blown like honey and clover oh, like he is. looks really down and he's going home and he's like oh i need to open my locker to get my next shogi match and then it's like ho, 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 ho. and then like this fat kid jumps out from behind the lockers and he's like ha, ha, i've stolen your sheet because we are dueling tomorrow and he's like you do realize it's a crime to go through my mailbox right and he's like don't care we're arch rivals it's not a crime and if it is it's a crime of passion or like something like that and please that tell was, me the scene ends right there up. with him being put in a cop car like that would be amazing comedy <laughs> no Oh. No, it does not. But like his butler arrives or 
Wait, something. What? He's like, where's your butler? Yeah, he has a butler. Wait, wait which, like which, who has a butler? The regular kid or the fat kid? The fat kid has a butler. Okay. Yeah. Huh. So, it's pretty entertaining. But anyway, it it goes into into some fun mode. But aside from that, so it has that like honey and clover humor mixed with the drama. But seriously, this this show is is very very good so far. As much huh. as uh, I'm I'm making fun of that that first moment in there. I think what's so powerful about it is that it's an exploration of people. Hmm. Like nothing in this show is supernatural. Uh, or anything like that. It's just this exploration of people and pulling the layers off of people. So you have have the lead character, and he uh, he has this arch rival. So you meet his arch rival in Shogi. You explore a little bit more about the the girls he goes to visit all the time. And what what the episode does is it sort of divides itself in half, and you'll get to learn about like one character specifically. And it'll take you through a little snippet of his or her life and then just kind of cut you off right there and move to another character. But then it layers in the character from before. So all these characters are constantly moving around and you spend more time with them in certain snippets of the of the episode. And but by the end of the episode, like you feel so connected to these people and it's. It's really hard for me to describe, but you you really should get into this show. It's it continues to be absolutely gorgeous to look at. I mean, mm. Shaft is sparing no expense on this show. Oh, right. This beautiful like soft, um, soft background, like soft palette stuff mixed with just stunning shots of the city at night. It, it's really really well animated and a really beautifully told story. Once again, it's very artistic. It's v- very soft. It's something you just want to like sit down and take in. Like don't don't sit and watch it while you're distracted because hmm. you really you want to learn about these people and the more they feed you the more you want to know about them and the more you want to understand them because like learning about a real person they only reveal so much of themselves at a time so you're like oh i think i might understand this person and then like a couple moments later when you're exploring some other character you realize you don't you only got this tiny snippet of his or her life and then it feeds you something else where you were like, I didn't understand this person at all. Like, I won't spoil it, but Arch Rival Guy has this, like, heartbreaking moment in episode three that, like, it really hit me like a ton of bricks. Because it, it, it was kind of personal for me, what he's going through. But I never expected that at all. And they, they layer in this moment for this character that I was like, okay, wow, that just added, like, enormous amount of gravitas to this person. He's not a caricature, he's not a trope, he is a real human being to, to you when you watch the show. Cool, sounds it's like some high solid praise. drama. Yeah, it's it's a very powerfully told story. I'm I'm nothing short of impressed so far, and it's been a mere three episodes. I very much look forward to that show on the weekend. So if, if nobody's picked it up by now, um, and you're interested in a, in a drama like that, an artistic drama... I do really think you should get on board with this one. Cool. Who else? Anyone so, else Brennan, got... you got any others? Uh, I started watching Flip Flappers. What a name you have just said. <laughs> I mean... It's not doing the show any favors. <laughs> is the show doing itself any favors outside of oh, the Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, it's... It's a trip. What's the elevator um, pitch? Like, what's it about? Um. Oh boy. Um. So, a uh, relatively ordinary girl in a slightly abnormal world, uh, is 
suddenly accosted by uh a um a girl from who who you know doesn't appear to be from the same world so she doesn't like uh obviously she's not part of any of the social structure uh basically she came to whatever this world is in order to find the first girl first girl is Kokona, the native and uh she is set upon by papika so that they might go into pure illusion to uh hunt for um MacGuffins, what will uh, eventually, if they are like all collected, uh, have the power to grant a wish of some sort. Sounds very straightforward, magical, girly. Kinda, yeah. It's... The way that it's presented, though, is fascinating. Like it, it feels older than it is somehow. Like it, uh, like it was made by people who were in an. Uh... I don't know it. it... I don't know how to describe it. It's like theatric. Hmm. Like the uh everything's just odd enough to be really surreal. Like the uh the school that the girl goes to, the 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 roof of the school is grassland with like trees on it and stuff. Huh. Huh. Uh and um like, uh, at one point they go, like, Papika takes Kokona back to her base of operations because she works for a, a small organization of people. And they, like, they basically just go into some sub-basement and there's a lot of weird uh, twisty passages and ledges and, and stuff that are all down there that nobody really remarks on. Uh, and Pure Illusion itself is, of course, a huge, like, uh, wild mindscape, which changes every episode as they go into different parts of it. Question mark. Uh, I think in episode three, which is as far as I've gotten so far, they uh, like they start doing a kind of a strange dawn bit where, uh, and but then they, and then they they pull uh, Mad Max in there. What? what Mad Max plus Strange Dawn? I guess it's not as unusual as maybe it sounds at first. All and right. then it keeps like. They're, uh, they introduce a, a set of uh, a, uh, a rival organization, which is also apparently hunting for the MacGuffins. And like they've got this, uh, uh, man, the coconut has a, a pet little rabbit thing. And one time when it gets into pure illusion, it manifests as a, uh, a like a huge buff rabbit dude. Okay. And they've got this robot thing that follows them around and. I don't know, it, it's it's like some weird blend of like Ghibli and Gainax. I can't uh, put my finger on it, but I'm uh, I can't look away either. Well, then it's doing his job. I'm being really quiet because I'm really sad because this was my Himitsu show. I was going to ask you about person. that. Yes, it was in fact my Himitsu show. So surprise, surprise, I too picked Flip Flappers. Um, so I actually don't think of it like Ghibli, especially after 3, because it gets... There's there's oddly dark material in 3, but um, 3 or 2... The one with Mad Max has, like, oddly dark material in it. But um, the best way I can describe it is it's very, very much like a trigger show. The first Ooh. time I watched it, it had a whole lot of that kill-a-kill -kill feel, and I think uh, where where I get the weird perspective out of it 
um, like Brendan's saying, everything is a little bit off, is really the way they use perspective in the show, having just taken a class on this myself. <laughs> uh, the perspective is fascinating in this show. They use all these like wide lenses or bending angles or like really, really close spinning shots uh, to, to get certain things to go off. And the other thing is, this show just does whatever the heck it wants. There are no rules to pure illusion. Uh, there are no no real rules to what they can and cannot do. I, I think they finally got a transformation sequence, but up until then they would just like explode into light and do whatever they needed to do. The uh, the girls themselves are, it, it, I don't. They just kind of like operate on the assumption that most of this is normal. Like at least Coconut gets weirded out majority of the time. She's like, "Sweet Jesus, what did we just do?" And Papika's like. Let's do it again! And Coconut's like, I swear to goodness, no. Get away from me. And then, you know, the next episode... Or, like, you'll go into the next episode and they're already in Pure Illusion. Or they're halfway through Pure Illusion. Or they just come back from Pure Illusion. Like, the show just drops you in media res. Or something like that. Like, it's so... It, it is surreal is really the best word for it. It's surreal, but it, it pulls from that trigger sense of I have zero clue what is going to happen episode to episode. And uh, it's got to me, it's got a little bit of clamp in it uh, because they threw in they, they're collecting these stones every time they they defeat the whatever in pure illusion that that comes out. And there are these stones are supposed to grant a wish. And so they just asked each other last time, Coconut and Papika, they're like, oh, so if you could have a wish based on these stones, like, what would you, what would you wish for? And if you know Clamp, Clamp is like 159% all about the wishes. That's just what they do. Like, every character always has this deep-seated wish that they desperately want to fulfill. So, to me, it had a little bit of Clamp, a lot of bit of Trigger. But it, it it's animated in that way that, like Brendan was saying, it does make it feel very old. It has this, it's either, it's either the color palette, the way it's animated, the style of animation uh, that, that gives it that very old feel. But to me, I, I got kill a kill vibes like instantaneously out of it. But it's shocking how good it is. Wow. I was... I did not expect that. I was going to say, I looked at this, uh, I looked at this season initially and it looked like a wasteland. Well, I'm laughing because you are so wrong. Like, I am winning out so hard this season. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. You know, as cynical though I may be, I'm glad when people are able to find things they enjoy. So it's 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 working out. Cool. But yeah, Flip Flappers, shockingly good. So hmm. I guess if you're into that or just you're that curious, uh, don't go by just the name. Hmm. It It's really doing whatever the heck it wants. And I've never even heard of Studio 3 Hertz. So they seem like they're a brand new player. And they're doing pretty well so far. I've heard the name, but I don't know anything Maybe about it. following them. the trigger model. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe following the trigger model. Cool. Hmm. Um, I guess, is there anything else, uh, Scott? There's always time for classic alloids. Oh. You know what the best part of classic alloids is? Is that, um, so I, I tend to watch it a little later. It'll come out on the Saturday. 
and I'll watch it, and I call Scott on Monday, and I'm just like, this isn't fun anymore! And we're on, like, episode two, and he's like, I know! <laughs> yeah, nothing just... is really more appropriate for classic Lloyds than, you know, Sue calls up and just, bum, 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 <laughs> episode two. Like, oh, why? Yeah, yeah, but I think last time I called you, I was just, like, fake crying, and I was like, oh, my God, this isn't fun anymore. I don't want any more cake. I don't want any more cake. Can't uh, eat anymore. Why do why you have to bring up the cake, Sue? Because <laughs> it was all a lie, just like this show. Oh, yeah, because so, so episode two, Mozart makes, like, a boob cake. It's a cake that looks like boobs. And we're like, you know... I got a bad sense of where so the show much. is going right now. <laughs> I just, I just do. It's not, it's not going the right way. Oh, no, it's not. I, I think uh, what killed us was so last time uh, when when Beethoven went crazy, right, and he did his music man thing. He played um, Beethoven's number six, and at least it sounded like Beethoven's yeah, it's number like a, six, like a poppy, upbeat sort of version of that. Yeah, but I could at least hear the yeah. music, the classical music coming through. And for this one, I was telling Scott it was just awful because like Franz Liszt has appeared, and by the way, <laughs> is like a hundred percent cross-dressing woman, or just came back as a woman. Yeah, like they definitely have a thing where someone's like, "Hey, why did like how lucky Liz?" is that he got to become a woman this time and like one of the characters is like wait what this time what does that even mean and and i was kind of thinking the same what does that even mean yeah, i was like I'm, wait a minute i'm sure the show will explain it terribly further on down the road right and chopin is this like freakish shut-in who sits yeah he's in just there. a total so they... neat like that's his character oh come on not not like um eternal sonata chopin no he's not this no, is not mess him up chopin, chopin. chopin. Like, this guy is no, super that's the best one super lame so anyway, sit they... in a closet chopin yeah but list and uh chopin get their music to go off the only cool part is that when they transform they actually say they're they're like let's do music or whatever they say it in german and then in polish huh. which i Actually, was thought was kind of neat, but anyway, they play. I forget what was Lissa's song. I, I actually that? don't remember the songs. And you know what, and you know what the most like important part is? Love, it doesn't matter because like you can't hear it. You can't hear anything. You can't it's just hear. It. Noise. That's what I was about to say. I remember Chopin's is Nocturne Number Two. You can't hear this song at all. They put like terrible lyrics oh. over it, and it's just playing. Oh, and we're talking and like not like like trippy visuals, like LSD style visuals. Yeah, like it's not like not like Beethoven's thing where it was like sort of like maybe Germany lyrics or something or like something that was vague. Like this is like just J-pop overlaid on noise. Like that's, that's kind of the feel. And it's, it's just so bad. It's not a good Everybody's feel. Everybody's so awful, but thankfully Bach still hasn't spoken oh. and looks just as like Bamf <laughs> right. as he like, did in episode thank one. Thank goodness. Like Bach is continuing to hold the show together. I mean, he actually might be the only good part of this show at this point. I mean, except for, you know what? I really feel for Kanai. like off the end of episode three, like list pays her money finally to stay in the house and it's the first time the she's house. ever been paid crying. i was i was so like oh my goodness something good <laughs> happened to her <laughs> thank goodness the show small oh favors i guess i hate that yeah, kid classicaloids. i hate sosuke yeah, and i hate every one of the classicaloids so it's like yeah classicaloids continues to be just it's astonishingly bad it's, it's really the thing terrible. that really kills me is that you know mm. i'm gonna have to watch this now I've already shown you yes, the first you episode. Did. Again, so. that's the time when we heard Matt almost uh, almost break furniture. Right, and like in that episode was actually tolerable compared oh, to two. And three. Oh wow! Oh yeah! Oh like, yeah! Like it's it's oh, breaking yeah. down. Yeah, it's getting it's getting much worse, much faster. All right. Well, 
We're yep. we're closing in at the uh, end of our well, time here. So is there anything else that anyone's following just really quick? I mean, I dropped off of Drifters after episode one. Couldn't care about that. Same with the... Uh, Good man. Same with the uh, Long Riders. I'm still following uh, Poco Zoon World. It hasn't really made much of an impression, to be honest. It's not bad. It's just, just kind of there. Uh, anything else from you guys? So it isn't Sweetness and Lightning. No, it isn't. Not, mm. not yet, anyway. Maybe it'll get uh, better. Brave Witches continues to be not awful <laughs> somehow okay. better than classicaloid it's giving it's you better glow. than classicaloids it is in fact better than classicaloids which is How not something i ever you? thought i was going to say about like <laughs> magical transforming underage girls with like furry ears and, and tails and stuff that fight fake space nazis like that's not a plot that you think is gonna is gonna beat out you know the western musical tradition but no they are like they're totally doing it it's, it's a better show and i'm shocked Brennan, was there anything else on your end, or was that about it? Um, I mean, I agree. Udon World is staying the course for the most part. Uh, I put in another episode of Trickster. It's uh, it seems to like have start, be starting to settle into its role as a sort of like mystery of the week thing with a uh, ongoing mystery or two going in the background. Um, I could see that being all right. All right. Uh, characters seem to have yeah settled down a little bit. Cool. Hmm. Fantastic. Probably wraps it unless. I think you're right. Yep, that wraps yeah. us up. All right, folks. Very good. Well, thanks for uh, tuning in. Yeah, is there anything else we should be following this season? Let us know. Yeah, recommendations all around. All right, folks. Hmm. Catch y'all next, well, the week after next. Have a good one. Yeah, yeah. Bye now. Hey, 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 hey,